refer to our ignorance of what happened during this period, but it's said to refer to the ignorance of those who lived during this period. The Dark Ages are a period of civilizational collapse. The end of the ancient world and the beginning of the Middle Ages uh, is accompanied by waning urban life, by plummeting literacy rates, by growing isolation of Europe from the rest of the world. And these developments are responsible for our lack of documents, the sorts of activities that tend to give rise to materials which historians can study, governmental administration or commercial transactions. These activities were simply not taking place, at least not on a scale that one would find in the high and late Middle Ages. And so historians would shy away from the early Middle Ages because there's relatively little to study and because it's simply too depressing. Given the period's dismal reputation and its temporal remoteness from the 21st century, one might wonder why the histories of the later Roman Empire and the early Middle Ages should command our attention. And I would suggest three reasons. Firstly, the years from 300 to 1000 present us with some of the most challenging questions that historians have ever had to tackle. Why did the Roman Empire fall and why did the ancient world give way to the medieval world? Why did Christian monotheism become the dominant religion in Europe? Under any circumstances, answering these questions would be exceedingly difficult, but given the paucity of information that we possess for these important transitions, our task is going to be that much more imposing. Secondly, this period commands our attention, I think, because of some of the people who lived during it. Theologians and philosophers such as St. Augustine, the church father who lived in the late 4th century and the early 5th century, were going to exert a commanding influence on European thought for well over a millennium after their death. And to in understand later medieval thinkers, to understand Reformation thinkers such as Martin Luther, uh, one needs to know something about a figure such as St. Augustine. Some of those who lived during the early Middle Ages have achieved legendary status. One thinks, for example, of the Breton Arthur or of Charlemagne himself. And Charlemagne is a figure who even today is revered in certain circles as an apostle of European unity, even today. The individual who has done the most to foster European unity is awarded the Prix de Charlemagne or the Prize of Charlemagne, although the prize usually goes to someone whose methods for European unification are somewhat less forceful than Charlemagne's were. To what extent does the historical reality of Arthur and Charlemagne match up to the legends that have become attached to those names? That is something that we were going to uh, consider in this class. Thirdly, we need to understand the early Middle Ages because even if the accomplishments of the early Middle Ages pale somewhat in comparison to those of the late Middle Ages or the Italian Renaissance, nonetheless, those later developments are built upon foundations that were established during the early Middle Ages and without some important transformations that occurred during the period that we'll be studying here, uh, the rest would not have been possible. To understand fully the High Middle Ages or the Italian Renaissance, it is most helpful, it is in fact necessary, uh, to understand the early Middle Ages. Now, although the period between 300 and 1000 has been relatively neglected by historians, 
it has attracted the attention of some of the most famous historians, some of the most gifted historians uh, who have ever lived. And some of these historians have made remarkable contributions to our understanding of the later Roman Empire and the early Middle Ages. And there are two in particular uh, to whom we must pay some attention at the outset. One is an Englishman by the name of Edward Gibbon, and the other is a Belgian by the name of Henri Pirenne. Edward Gibbon lived in the 18th century. He was born in 1737, and he dies in 1794. Gibbon was a, an establishment figure who led a relatively comfortable and indeed a privileged uh, existence. His father is a, a country gentleman, albeit something of a spendthrift, and Gibbon greeted his father's death in 1770 with, uh, with great relief because he feared his father was going to spend the whole of the family patrimony and leave Gibbon nothing to live off of. Gibbon